0: So, uh, wonderful guest that I'm about to introduce after this cold open. Can I ask you a question?
1: Sure. Have you ever seen a ghost? Um, <laughs> I think we went to a graveyard one time late at night when I was in college. And okay. somebody claimed... Good start. Yeah. S- somebody claimed that they, they were looking at a headstone and then they turned their back. And then when they turned around again there was moss on the headstone that wasn't there before and they're convinced that this was a supernatural thing and i was like guys come on <laughs> that that that's the that's the most spookiest thing that's ever happened and then she got home that night and her apartment was frozen over
0: lewis and clark is our we're talking about terry and superman It's time for the show. Um, what a show, come on, sing, sing, why aren't oh you singing, god. sing louder, that was my first thought too, oh god, welcome back to Lois and Clark, the new podcast of Superman, I'm Matt, and joined once again by Mr. Rob O'Connor, how
1: are you sir? I'm fine. Uh, Okay. No, I'm not going to do that for the whole (laughs) episode. I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm delighted to be talking about this episode. That's, it's quite bad. And I think I've only, I I think I've seen this maybe twice. This is one of those ones that I I don't recall kind of going back and rewatching a lot. Um, we're, we're, we're into the dregs of season four now, and you know, th- there's a lot of really tired episodes like this where you can kind of feel like everybody's just had enough. I don't know. Yep. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, th- I was re-watching this today.
0: I watched it once. I probably watched it as a kid and don't remember it that well. Watched it once in college and went, Jesus Christ, that's a terrible episode. And then went back to it today and went, oh no, I'm right. This might be the worst episode. <laughs> like, ooh, no. People are very off model. Mm. Um, you know, like that Lois. That Lois gives a shit about cooking at all. Really, yeah. kind of pisses me off sometimes. You know, whatever. We'll get into it. Um, you kind of cringed at worst episode. Do you have? Uh, do you have a stronger thought?
1: Ooh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I just think the Doctor Dieter stuff is just so uh, oh. aggravating <clears throat> to watch. Whereas this it's is just totally. sort of, this is just sort of plain kind of mediocre me- mediocre kind of nothingness. You know, that sort of yeah, way? Yeah, I get, it, I get that argument. Um, I totally get that argument, yeah. Hmm. yeah. On the subject well, of the Dr. Dieter episode, sorry sorry to go oh. totally off tangent. And you No, co- please,
0: I really don't want to talk about this episode <laughs> at all, so go
1: ahead. There was a weird bit in this where the ghost kind of teleports, we'll, we'll talk about this in a bit, but the ghost teleports, and there was no sound effect. And I was like, was well, there supposed to be a sound effect there? Mm. And I remember you saying... That uh, certain sound effects are missing from the iTunes versions, and I'm assuming the iTunes versions are probably similar to what they have on HBO Max. I have to assume, yeah, because in just the last episode I recorded, which was um, uh, Miximus, there were some missing sound effects in that too. But 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 what that led me down was oh they. I think they've changed some of the songs now as well. So if you watch the Wine, I think it's Wine, 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 where they play that lovely um, Eric Clapton song that Alan, right. Alan, my co-host, played at his wedding. And I think that's missing now. But then, crucially, one of my favorite kind of songs in the show is in a Dr. Dieter episode, right? The, 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 the moment... <laughs> the dance? Yes, the dance, right? Yeah. The weirdest song in the world. It goes like... Hey 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 ho I sing that song all the time and when we were watching the, the series through with my girlfriend recently, we were watching the DVD versions, and she was like, "Oh my God, that's where the song is from." <laughs> But then I went back to watch that version, the, the HD uh, version of that episode today, and it's just this yeah. shitty library yep. trash that doesn't sound like anything. And the whole scene doesn't work as a result of it. it just, it's just like elevator music.
0: And they play, it like, a lot of times, I forget if it was with that one specifically, but I feel like they always play them so softly because they're, mm. like, kind of ashamed that this is the yeah, music yeah. that's here now, you know? <laughs> like, it's really, it's very unfortunate. Um, I wonder, was there a song replacement here? Because there's that weird, like... Setting up spooky stuff song when he's, like, putting all the Halloween decorations around Lois and Clarks.
1: That's a very, very good point, actually. That I, I actually wrote down, what is this weird song? What were they going for here? <laughs> yeah. So, like You
0: wonder if it was, like, Season of the Witch at first or something, and you now yeah. they can't
1: afford it, you know? <laughs> like, I must go back, because it. thank goodness that the songs survived onto at least the DVD versions, because there are other shows, like... I, I, I seem to reference this a lot on Superman podcast, but if anyone is a fan of Beverly Hills 90210, which Dean, <laughs> which Dean Kane had a prominent role on for a few episodes, but it's anyway, like
0: first kind of big star, right?
1: Yeah, and he's uh, he's pretty good in it, but they absolutely gutted the soundtrack of that show in the dvds it's all just library trash and instead of like there was really really iconic music choices on that show and it's all just gone and you can't watch those versions of the show anymore which is really sad but whereas at least willows and clark they are out there like you can still get them on dvd um right it's around mm-hmm. yeah um
0: my th- my weird reference is always the birds of prey tv series which yes it only came out on dvd I think it was five years after the show ended, but by then they'd lost the license to like all the music, the Ugh. theme song, and it's all tonally so different. Whereas like at one, well, the theme song was kind of like grungy. Now it's like kind of like really light chick rock, and it's just mm. like what the fuck, How? you know? Like the whole tone of the whole thing is just gone. It's a shame. Um, yeah, that I, I guess it's just it is always going to be cheaper for shows to do that. But I, mm. I have a feeling that now knowing that streaming is going to happen, knowing home video is going to happen, those contracts look a lot different.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I, I think, um, I I hope and pray that the holding out for a hero sequence in the pilot is still there because I, I, I read Not somewhere that watched. if there was a VHS release in the 90s of the episode, then it usually means that they have like ironclad perpetuity rights to use a song. Mm. And the pilot did come out on VHS. So I'm assuming that yeah. that, that is probably still on the digital version, but I'm not sure. I'll need to double check that. I
0: feel like, yeah, I feel like I haven't seen anybody complain about it, so it must be there. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, what a great, like, what a great moment, great song. Oh,
0: excellent! Oh, totally, and, and just the perfect level of camp yeah. to throw into the pilot of just like this is this is what we're doing, everybody. Yeah. you know, <laughs> get on board, please. Um, anyway, we're, we're, as many tangents as you want, please throw them in there because unfortunately today <laughs> we're talking about 409, ghosts written by Michael Gleason, directed by Robert Ginty. Um, Aired November 24th, uh, 1996. So it's the Thanksgiving episode, everybody. Um, Just checking in with the ratings. For whatever reason, this one gets the tiniest of ratings bump. Mm. Whereas uh, two weeks ago for Dead Lois Walking, we had 12.2 million viewers. Uh, For Bob and Carol and Lois and Clark, we had 12.1 million viewers. So a little drop off. And then this one gets a 12.6. So I guess a lot of people were, like, hanging out pre or post Thanksgiving and, like, had nothing to do and just threw this on.
1: Do you think they might have tuned in thinking that it was the Drew Carey show and that's why it got a bump?
0: Very possible.
1: I also have to say
0: that 12.6, this is now the last highest rated episode of the entire series. And it's, uh, it's a steep decline from here. Ooh. So... Look forward to that, everybody. <laughs> it is nuts. I was looking through today and I was like, is this the lowest rated episode of the whole series so far? Mm. And no, just a couple weeks before this, the People vs. Lois Lane was 11.1, mm. which was the lowest of the series. So like, it's all just kind of like up
1: and down yeah, in
0: here, you know? But then like from now on, it's just like every week there's drop off, basically. It's, I, it's crazy.
1: It's, it's, it's really interesting that that, that was specifically the, the lowest the show ever went. Because for me... Uh, re-watching it. Every time I rewatch the series, when you get to sort of the... the Like, the, the Lex Luthor return in season three is absolutely incredible. It's so, so good. And you get Wanda Fantastic. to when, Wanda Detroit and all that stuff. But it's very exhausting. Like, go, like, Lois and Clark going through all that turmoil. But then you mm-hmm. immediately get... Like, instead of, like, a nice relief, you immediately get all the Dr. Dieter stuff. And you're just like, this is too much. I'm just... This is aggravating watching this. And it just kind of continues in that thing of, like... What can we throw at Lois and Clark this week to ruin their lives? Like, right? You know, like, you know, oh, they can't have sex because of some tempest curse nonsense, <laughs> just, and they yeah. can't own a house because it's it's haunted. <laughs> like, they just can't do anything. And you're just like, give me a fucking Superman adventure, please. Like, let them have that, a fun adventure.
0: That is such a good point. Where it's just like, it, it's really more just like stuff getting in their way. Which, which I mean, is in a basic level story, but yeah. let it be a fun thing that they get involved with. Let it be Superman and, and, and we mm. get Nazis back or something. Where it's yeah, like, It has nothing really to do with them, but of course, them being them, it will very much affect their lives. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Could have used a nice, just like, getaway, crazy Superman story. Um, I think the one story coming up that kind of does both of those is the Tempest, the John Doe stuff, where yeah. it's like... This is happening to the world, and it's also kind of in spite of them, you know.
1: Yeah, I have to say, like I, when we watched season four, I was like, okay, we're gonna power through these because I want to watch the entire series. I don't want to trail off like I often do. Mm-hmm. There actually are some really solid episodes in season four, totally. like the, the brutal youths with Michael Keaton's wife. That that was our ex-wife. That was kind of good, and the sex lies in videotape. That that's a solid episode, and the one with the excellent episode. The one with the press brothers, I think. I was, was. just going to say, Stop the Presses is so good, where she becomes editor-in-chief mm. for a second. And and you mentioned the Tempest episode. That, that That's a banger, that one, the, the two-parter. And uh, mm-hmm. it, Superman gets kind of stuck in the Phantom Zone sort of kind of thing. Kind of, sort of, yeah. Um, that, the quantum yeah. realm. They, they were still having fun. And and Miximus, that, that's my favorite. Well, it's, not, it's one of my favorites of the entire series. I think that's really, really strong. Yeah. Um, Oh, the body swap one was kind of okay. I mean, it's not bad as like a standalone weird one. We, and they get a sobby back. You get for a, a sobby back. It, like it does feel very Adam West Batman by that point. Um, yes. And, and so does this one actually. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's glimmers of kind of promise in season four that they, they just you could still tell though. Even in the good episodes, it's like things are feeling a bit tired. I I think it's like they yeah. said it on the DVD. One of the producers or the writers was like, "Well, Lois and Clark can never get together because." Then the heat's gone, and you're watching these season four episodes, and you're like, "I, I, I hate that mentality that like a couple can't get together in a show because it, it ruins the sort of trajectory of the show." But it kind of is true in this case. Like once they well and truly get together, the 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 show starts to feel tired. I agree. There's a fumbled ball here. I but I do
0: hate that idea. Where yeah. For me, it's just like, well, try harder. Like try you know, harder, people yeah. have been. You can't. You know, people can write stories about a husband and wife that aren't. About affairs or like craziness that that are good but try harder and I I love the show for the fact that we get to kind of all stages of their relationship up Mm. until kids obviously um but yeah I I can't I can't agree with you more there's a reason the show got canceled here because it it is just it kind of goes into a, a stagnation that the writers don't really know what to do with unfortunately uh, but that's <laughs> what a fun. You, know, film you know who also doesn't know what to do about stuff. Lois and cooking. Oh my God, <laughs> Rob. Let me tell you, this is Lois Lane trying to make a
1: London broil. <laughs> it's as hard as a brick. Am I right? Oh my goodness, it was it was it was hard to watch. Like the whole thing is that she can't cook for Clark, and it's like. Well, hang on a second why does, she, why does she need to cook well let Clark do the cooking it'll take him like right. two seconds I need a really good cook
0: or fucking like whisk over to Milan and get whatever the thing you, you know like your favorite yeah. food from there you know like the,
1: the, I I yeah
0: I don't get that for anything um you're absolutely right he has super speed let him cook um, and then the fact that Superman can't cut through this steak is yeah. just like—is he just
1: making fun of her? You yeah, know? <laughs> I, I, I think uh, on. w- one of my one of my many sort of um, fan kind of fun fan theories. Uh, if anyone is in our Lois and Clark legacy group, I, I did this <laughs> um, tears of Lois and Clark trivia um it's it's kind of it's kind of too hard to explain on a podcast just go and check it out on the group but at the bottom of it are all my own sort of insane fan theories and one of them is that (laughs) clark is able to turn off his powers completely on this show uh, so that he can (laughs) so that he can have sex with Lois. but i think that's what he's done here he's just turned off his powers, so that's why he's super Forgot to put him back on he forgot to put him back on (laughs) uh so that's why (laughs) he can't (laughs) go through the steak
0: how, how long ago did you post that? Cuz that that's the um that's the iceberg graphic, right? That you're talking about?
1: Yes, it's it's one of those iceberg like, meme things and each like the top tier is like stuff that everybody knows and then as you kind of continue down it's more obscure weird trivia and then at the bottom it's just like weird insane. I think one of my other fan theories is that Elvis is a time traveler from Utopia <laughs> in the distant Sure. um <laughs> and that the all the time travel shenanigans we see in the show resulted in two Jimmies. That's that's another one. I I, I no, actually that, that is a great theory yeah like I that love that idea that should just be canon like uh,
0: totally if there was still active canon going on I feel like it would have been canonized by now mm-hmm. you know um, but yeah anyway she can't cook he can't cut the thing whatever they're scared outside by their like next door brownstone neighbor Bertha Emery um, who like they see from the street is scared in her apartment and there's lights going on and stuff and then like the stuntman version of her launches themselves
1: out of the window oh my god this stuntman like it it could it must have it must have been obvious at the time like i know we're watching it in hd now and all that but like looking at it here you're like surely people in the 90s knew that this was the stuntman it's just ridiculous he's wearing this massive wig that doesn't look anything like that woman it's that he's too kind of like
0: petite i guess for for her Um, and they're just, they're just on it too long or, Mm. or maybe he should have gone out the window backwards or whatever. Like, it's just like, all of it just doesn't, there's no trickery there. It's just all very obvious. Um, I also think, I think this actress
1: has been on the show before. Oh, that's interesting. For real? She's one of those character actors who appears as old ladies a lot. And I feel like she played like, I don't know, like bad brain Johnson's mother or, I, I I don't know, I, I, I didn't check this, but if you might check it later on or something, but I, I, I'm almost sure unless she's in an episode of something else from around the same time and I'm thinking of that, that could be what it is. She might be in like a Sabrina or something. <gasps> you know what it is?
0: Mm-hmm. This is Jean Spiegel Howard. Um oh, is Howard. howard's mother. Holy shit. Who I'm I'm scrolling through the IMDb, but I'm pretty sure she is in the boxing episode. That sounds but right. Lois and Clark. Oh fuck! Where is it? Oh yeah, where he yep. gets? Yep. She's the elderly woman yeah. in Requiem for a Superhero. That's like, go get him, Superman! Get Excellent. back in there or whatever. You know. So she
1: might be playing the same. Wow, character. dude! That's,
0: <laughs> that's insane that you pulled that. I never would have recognized <laughs> this woman. She's on screen for all of two seconds. That was impressive.
1: I I have this weird thing with like faces where I you know I'll just I I'll, I'll be asleep like I'll actually be asleep and I'll remember an episode of something that I saw years ago and I was like. Oh, that's that guy who was in that other show. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. And you wake up with a start, with like, I know that Klingon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Michael Ansara, who played Mister Freeze in Batman the Animated Series. Oh, Ah, yeah, was the Blue Gin in *Nightmare Genie*. Ah, yeah. Married to Barbara
0: Eden for a time.
1: Um, I've I've written down we're learning so much today. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. I've I've written down just on this opening scene. Um, I know, I know, I think you're you're a fan of the Brownstone they live in. Generally speaking, are you? Yeah, totally. Really? Sure. I think the set is a bit bland. I think they could have decorated it a slightly like Clark's apartment was one of the coolest sets on the show. Next Always season, super cool. And and Lois's apartment was cool as well. Like it, 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 they really put a lot of thought into the look of it and what you know a, a man in his mid twenties would would furnish his apartment with. And it, you know it was a really yes. whereas this just looks like. Any house in America, <laughs> like it. it I
0: agree. <laughs> Both of those were very distinct looking sets. Where this
1: is totally, it could be anyone's. And and like the only thing they have to sort of make it look specifically like Lois and Clark's house is just like a headshot of eddie jones who isn't even in this episode (laughs) and one of my favorite things is on on their like
0: wall of frame family and stuff is their uh promo photos from season three or season four where like they're kind of like sexy and she's in a little mini skirt and stuff and i'm like what like what are we why are we framing this one you know like why does this exist in universe you know but the, this this show is terrible about using like promo shots in the show. You yeah,
1: know? yeah, it's not it's not the first Superman show to be like that, and it won't be the last. <laughs> no, that's very
0: true. If anyone remembers,
1: um, there's an episode of the '50s show "Flight to the North," and it's just the craziest episode of any Superman show. It's all these gangsters try to steal a lemon meringue pie. All this crazy <laughs> stuff happened, but there's there's a woman in it and she's dreaming of her husband who's working in it in a in an outpost at the top of a mountain in the Arctic or something like that. And she's looking at this photo of him and it's the most headshot looking photo you've ever seen. <laughs> Check out flight to the north. We'll do an episode on it sometime.
0: He's kind of like smiling, looking over his shoulder, like that type of. Thing.
1: yeah. and it's like really smoky and like the depth of field is really beautiful. And like who took this photo of this man in this universe? like I, I don't there's know. room for a
0: signature in the corner. Yeah, it. um that's funny. Speaking of not funny though, um, were you a fan of the Drew Carey show? Like I've never seen a single episode all the way through, but it ran for like nine years or something insane.
1: I I I'm glad you asked that because I'm I was not a fan. I mainly know Drew Carey from kind of guest starring and stuff like this. He's in an episode of Sabrina sure. as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I I know whose line is it anyway. Oh I, God, it's been on for right. a million years. I know that he's probably best known for that and the Drew Carey show. Neither of which I'm intimately familiar with. there there is a UK version of whose line is it anyway? We get as well, um. Right. But it's not something I know a huge amount about. I I just uh, I thought that the most interesting thing about Drew Carey in this episode really was his orange shirt that he wears that makes him look yes. like a traffic cone. Um, yeah. Fair. <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know. Were you. I I was also surprised to read that that went on till 2004.
0: That's crazy. I I just checked and it was just like, that's nuts that it went to 2004. Like, that's the same year Friends went off the air. And I'm like, I don't remember hearing shit about the Drew Carey show at that point. I thought it might have been like four seasons, you know, late Mm. 90s and then died. But hey, I guess he had a following. Um, No, I've never seen an episode all the way through. I knew it by osmosis Mm. at the time, you know? Um, that was also, you know, this was the heyday of the WB store over here, at least like every mall in the country had the WB store. So they were, they were pushing all their sitcoms, including the Drew Carey Mm. show. So I just remember like walking in and seeing on their giant TV, like clips of him and Kathy Kinney as, as Mimi in that show. Uh, but yeah, it means, it means nothing to me. I have nothing against Drew Carey. I always loved Who's Line as Mm. a kid. Like I watched that all the time, but, um. But that, but whose line? And the guy that Valerie dances with in the other realm in Sabrina yes. is what I know That's him from best. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of typical of Lois and Clark where they've done this stunt cast thing where like mm. other people have been in other things together. Um, probably most famously, the Jeffersons, right? From Atomic Space Rat Christmas. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this is another one where I guess they were on the lot, they were working together, and why not kind of stunt cast these two villains this week mm. except for the fact that everyone forgets drew
1: carey can't act yeah and like there's there's i've written down here like did anybody think this was funny like the, the, there's the opening yeah. sort of scene where he's talking to the mobster guy uh mink mm-hmm. mahoney and yes. it's it, it feels like they were th- th- they leave these beats in and it's like were they expecting people to laugh here like this is it's just so like they're talking about buying up property and selling it like flipping it like something out of the sopranos right. or something i'm like it's it's both too complicated for a child to be amused by, and just too dull and boring for an adult to be entertained by. So it's like, I, who is this for, and who thought it was good? Yep, this is the type of thing I think about where I'm like, when this show is actually funny yeah. and
0: written by funny people, it's enjoyable and mm. you can laugh. And the Tempest stuff, and you know, like there's yeah. a lot of good examples of it. But when it's not funny and it thinks it is, holy <laughs> shit! And that yeah. like, this is that episode but like it starts with him too like he's got all this Halloween crap around and he's like he's like kissing the um, you know decapitated head decoration he has and just like fuck everything that's going on here you know like this is all so stupid but yeah it's some complicated real estate scam where the brownstones that you know are on Lois and Clark Street they're like the only areas in the city that's zoned for retail so we gotta buy them all and knock them down and Make a strip mall, and it'll be great, you know?
1: I'm actively trying to buy property right now, and even I was confused by (laughs) all the stuff they were planning on doing in this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, all to make, like, what are apparently, as we learn later, like, kind of shitty strip malls that nobody cares about. (laughs) Bizarre. But, yeah, we got our first little taste of him here, and he's going to go and uh, really, really scare the Kents. But I guess it worked, because we learned that Bertha, yeah, Bertha Emery from next door sold her place to, like put it on the market and then sold in an hour likely or we find out later by like the mob essentially yeah. uses a dummy corporation and is buying up all this property but it's all just so like who cares so between that plot the the ghost plot and then this like runner of Lois not being able to cook it's just it's such a bummer episode where like this next scene she's she gets a call from some French chef that she put a call into who is mad at her for for not, you know, focusing on cooking before this and and hangs up on her and it's just like who cares. Like <laughs>
1: in what in what universe did she think that that was going to work out for? Her? Like she rings this famous chef because she thinks that well, I'm famous, you know, surely this chef will give me right. cooking lessons. Like he he's if if he's a famous chef, he's famous because he he's what am I trying to say here? He's gonna to be too busy, <laughs> Lois. Okay, right, 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 you know, like plenty of people can give you cooking lessons. Don't bother this, you know, Michelin don't star. Don't call
0: guy. Wolfgang Puck. Yeah, you know, like it's totally that type of thing. But it's also like this is this is the privilege of Lois Lane, yes. friends with the president. You know, like can get anything she wants. So, in that regard, I kind of get it. But I wish they'd kind of called it out of like what the fuck do you mm. expect, Lois? He's got like three giant restaurants in France and you know, like whatever. The, the, um, the
1: whole Lois and Clark being world famous thing that really kind of crept up in season three, mm-hmm. I think they they kind of overdo it a bit. Like it feels like every week it's like, oh, you know, flowers from the president or, you know, yeah. a letter from Most Brad famous Pitt people or, in
0: the world, Lois and Clark, you think they overdo it? Yeah, I,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just, it's like, okay, we get it. <laughs> you know, like it's it's something, I, I think it would kind of, Occasionally come up in the comics where it'd be sort of like, oh yeah, well of course they'd be well known, but like in this show, it's right. like, you know, they're going to the Grammys. <laughs> it's just like right, right, right. Can they we can just be like, they can be Anderson
0: Cooper level of famous yeah. for me? Like that's kind of, that should be the cap, you yeah. Know? Um, but even that, I guess, like, I guess they're not doing like presidential debates or anything, so maybe that's even too big for what they what they sh- actually should be. Anyway, whatever the the Bertha's solder place. Uh, apparently she thinks it's haunted and Lois has a like, but ghost, I mean, that'd be, that'd be crazy. Right. And my first thought is like, be a real good time to connect with your old friend star. Wouldn't it?
1: Yeah. That, I'd never even thought of that. Wow. Star R.I.P. She kind of just because vanished nobody from the remembers show. her. Like, don't feel bad. You know? <laughs> like, mm. I'm 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 gonna do a little bit of armchair quarterbacking here as as please uh, as, as wait a, on a podcast, yeah. bro. Like Za <laughs> Zach, uh, our our friend Zach always complains <laughs> that I do that, but um, I feel like the the original setup of this episode is that Drew Carey is doing these kind of like Scooby Doo home invasions where yes, like he's it's con- a great way to put it. He, he's convincing people that their homes are haunted when they're actually not, right? But then in this episode, what happens is he he unwittingly. Um, kind of summons an actual ghost, sort of like yeah. those, you know, Scooby-Doo... Which is a whoopsie-daisy on his part. You yeah, know. yeah. Part of me is like, the episode might have been more interesting if it was just him doing Scooby-Doo crimes, like, and you know sure and and then you know they call in star or whatever and she's like there's no ghost here and then you know and they have to figure out where <laughs> the source of the haunting and maybe there's a fun hologram or you know that feels more like yeah. a lois and clark plot than than this does this feels That's like so a... much better to me too and you're saying scooby-doo like play the mystery
0: yeah out of it. introduce definitely. these little people you know like they went and interviewed him once and he was just a whatever real mm-hmm. estate guy but then turns out you know at the end, they unmask him or whatever. Like that's so much better than what this is. And the, like this early show, on, you know, it's bullshit.
1: This show is not a, is not above you know unmasking someone and being a no, completely totally. different actor. So it's
0: like the, one of Star's <laughs> episode. It's like the um, the abduction. Uh, what do they call it? Contact. Yeah. Episode where Lois thinks she's getting abducted by aliens, but no, it's just this like you know Jeff Bezos fucker that's that's doing it. You know. Mm. That would have been fun. Yeah. Much more interesting. Anyway, great idea. But meanwhile, Herbie. Drew Carey is at the village conjurer, yeah, <laughs> and is and uh, meets up with uh, Stacks, right? Herbie Stacks. The, the oh, oh, guy. the
1: the the mobster's name is Mink Mahoney.
0: Oh, Mink Mahoney, excuse me. Herbie Stacks and Mink Mahoney. He, he, um, Mink is like, you know, like the the next people. They're the Kents. They're like, you know, the the Kent and Lane or Lane and Kent from Daily Planet. It's like, yeah, that's why I'm going extra heavy. I bought like all the black art stuff. I've got black candles and, and rubber snakes. Like, they'll be terrified. And then you see him, like, actually setting it all up. Yeah. And it's this stupidest, like, haunted house you've ever seen. You know, yeah. like, he's got, like, projections of just like ghost decorations on the walls and stuff, and and the fake bats and snakes, and I'm just like what? It's like is he, this? He dude? For, he
1: forgot to lay out a bowl of like it. it looks like a Halloween party. Like it doesn't look right. scary at all. There should be a bowl of Doritos in the corner, <laughs> like
0: say, bowl of grapes, but with an eyeball yeah, label. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that type of thing. Totally. Just like how did this work? But I guess the combination. <laughs> it's so dumb. The combination of him lighting black candles and having this particular book of the dead or would I have to raise the dead actually brings up um Mimi what's her name Katie oh, Katie, Katie the yeah. ghost yes um because she's attracted by bad special effects essentially
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it's rare like I mean obviously the, the show is as old as it is that you know that there's going to be ropey special effects but I feel like they generally had, you know, really intriguing, kind of interesting special effects in season three and season four, and they they were usually like good for the time. Like some of the totally some of the morph, like it virtually destroyed. There's that bit where the the uh, dad save yourself, that guy, the guy from Batman Returns <laughs> transforms into Jackson and Xavier, and I'm like, whoa, yes. that, that's fucking cool. Like, but not bad. Yeah, this was bad. Like, this doesn't look good, <laughs> like at all. This looks like something from the Goosebumps show, like. Yeah, very
0: much so. But though I did notice the first time she shows up and, like, kind of appears through the wall mm. and it just got, like, stuff around her, she's in full HD. And I'm like, why is this the one yeah. effect shot that resed perfectly oh, and the God. rest of them in this entire series are bullshit, you
1: know? Yeah, there's 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 shots in this where, like, so one of the one of the tragic things, I'm sure you bring this up all the time, the tragic things in Lois and Clark is how whenever they switch to a special effects shot, the quality of the footage just mm-hmm. changes because right. I, I, right. I, I'm not sure the specifics why, but in this episode, there's like floating pots and pans that, you know, a special effect they've been doing since the 1940s. Why do we need to change footage for that? Like surely they could just do right. it the way they did it in black and white with like fucking translucent strings. It, right, just do a Bewitched or
0: Irony again and just like hang it, have it hanging there and dangling. You know, it's fine. <laughs> Like what, why no, do I, why I do noticed we need that to... as well and oh I'm like I guess these are green screen elements like I guess that's what this is that's really dumb
1: see I did think that but then there's this shot of um th- there's a bit where um th- the ghost is throwing something at the gangster and the, the the camera zooms in on the thing that's being thrown and I thought that or sorry the camera zooms in on the thing that's being thrown but it switches to the shitty footage and I was like again why do we need the, like it's clearly something holding the knife <laughs> off camera like there's no yep. nothing special is is in this effect nope i i, I caught that too
0: where it's just like it, it, it's it's for no reason essentially yeah. you know like it's it's and maybe they were trying too hard with their effect or anything like that maybe got treated in such a way that that the the quality of the film went down but mm. yeah it, it really i i don't know well i think that's one that we'll never really know the answer to yeah. unless it's someone is uh really good at special effects like i don't do you watch the corridor
1: crew on youtube at all i have seen some of their work yeah yes. the
0: guys okay. that go through like the bad effects i'm like I, I think they're gonna have to exist for another like 18 years <laughs> before they get to lois and clark <laughs> but i would like to know their thoughts anyway he's doing this he's summoned the real ghost lois comes in and like I guess surprises him. You can't really tell because Drew Carey is not acting. Um, but Lois goes in and sees pots and pans flying and whatnot, calls Superman. And but obviously by the time he gets there, nothing's happening. And basically Clark, as Superman, like blazes on the fact of like, um, I mean, is this emotional trauma because he can't really cook well, Lois? You think maybe that's it? <laughs> not, a, not a great look, Clark. Like what the hell are you doing? Like why? Is, and she makes the point of like, Really, after like all the bullshit we've been through, you think this is what's gonna break my mind? Yeah, you
1: know? it's like which is a fair point. Yeah, the, totally. Like I, I, generally think you know, surprisingly enough, in in defiance of certain key members of the cast, uh, the the show is actually fairly progressive and fairly liberal a lot of the time. But then mm-hmm. there's episodes like this where kind of more conservative values creep in, and you're just like, this th- this is just so off model for what yeah. the show usually is um yep. like Lois should not be this kind of you know forlorn housewife from the 1950s that's depressed of it she shouldn't want to kind of adhere to that societal norm at all she should be kind of beyond that but I uh, agree and it's not a like if if it, it's not like women
0: shouldn't women shouldn't cook if a woman wants to cook it's fine yeah, but, like great. that is yeah. so not Lois's thing and certainly not in the like wants to be there with the martini and the slippers and a roast in the oven when he gets home. You know, like, it's not, that's just not what this character is. So it, it does feel like a betrayal, totally. Um, I feel like even earlier on in the series, like season three, there was a, like, they're cleaning up. Maybe I'm making this up, but I feel like there's a scene where they're, like, cleaning up dishes. And yeah. she's like, hope you don't mind, I'll never cook, but I'll always do the dishes or something like that.
1: Yeah, no, totally. And then, like, I, you see, on the one hand, I, I, I do think she should be kind of above all that. But then on the other hand, I'm kind of like, yeah, but she's also obsessed with um, old romance movies and stuff like that, and so... That's true. You, you know, like, and I, I sometimes think that there's this kind of contrast with Lois where, yes, she is this modern go-getter career woman, but then also she she does want that old-fashioned style of love. and mm-hmm. But I, I don't think they really address it enough in the series. They sort of just hint at it, especially in the earlier seasons. and And maybe that's what they're going for here. They're kind of like, okay you know, yes, she shouldn't care about these things, but she secretly does. And that's why she's getting so obsessed with not being able to cook because she does want to on some level, she does want to be the traditional housewife despite herself. And like, that's that, true. And I do like the idea of like, she's almost mad at herself for giving a shit about
0: some of this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That that's interesting. Totally. And and I agree with you. I think that's always there for like us fans of this mm. because it's so kicked into the pilot. where like, she's go get her. She's go get her. She's go get her. She gets home. And she's crying in bed in her pajamas, watching a soap or yeah. whatever. You know, like that's that's so core to the beginning of the show that it's always there. But you're right; they haven't really touched that since since season one, really. Mm. Um, meanwhile, this is a thing. We go back to Drew Carey's place, and like Mimi shows up. I'm just gonna keep calling them Drew and Mimi, maybe, whatever. Yeah. Um, she shows up. When she first showed up at Lois and Clark, she had like flour, like badly caked all over her face, mm. and now it's gone. And I'm like, well, and they make it deal of it kind of later on where like she died with flower all over her face and it's like well if this was such a big deal and you introduced it with like why doesn't she
1: just have it all old, the time like, just leave it on or don't mm. deal with it at all you know like i don't yeah. get it yeah that's i i hadn't i hadn't noticed that but now that you say it, yeah she absolutely did have it so yeah and if you're a ghost you know they, they don't the, the ghost rules in this episode are a bit weird as well bizarre and the, it's sort of like the whole thing is if you if you're a ghost and you f- and you were murdered in real life, and you find your killer. Then you you don't get to be a ghost anymore. Is that all right? You go then, up to heaven. Then you pass on to the other side or whatever. It's it's the, the whole episode felt kind of like proto. Do, do you
0: watch Supernatural? I watched some of Supernatural. Yeah, like I've seen it, smatterings of Supernatural.
1: The, this is very much like a first couple of seasons episode of Supernatural. Like the the, the plot, the the mystery, the. The ghost having unfinished business and then, you know, mm. all, all the stuff that happens at the end and then, you know, Happily Ever After and all that. Like, this is very much something that Sam and Dean would investigate. And it's fun because, like, <laughs> Supernatural has a lot of weird links with Lois and Clark. And they actually reference Lois and Clark a bunch of times on Supernatural.
0: Really? I didn't know they did that. I knew, you know, Robert Singer mm. and, and Jake Ruska, obviously. Uh, I didn't know they actually referenced the show. That's amazing.
1: There is an episode where Sam and Dean visit the Warner Brothers lot. And the the, the tour guide, who could have been you for all we know. <laughs> yeah, really? Like the tour guide literally says the words, and now we're going to see where they filmed Lois and Clark. And I was watching this. Ew. I was watching this in like 2009 going, what? Like, what did they just say? Like somebody referenced this show that only I remember. <laughs> right. And then you're there,
0: actually acknowledging this existed yeah
1: there's a great episode where they go into the sam and dean cross into the real world in season six and they meet oh, that's cool they meet robert singer but he's played by um he's played by that actor who isn't bill murray's brother the guy that the guy that looks like brian doyle murray but isn't him he's played by him <laughs> okay and he says oh i've had nothing but trouble with you jensen ackles and uh, whatever the other guy, Jared Padalecki. Jared Pekelecki. Padalecki, wh- yes. Wh- why can't you be more like Dean Cain? Now there's an actor. <laughs> it's one of the funniest <laughs> jokes in the whole show. Oh my god! I hope there's a super clip of this on YouTube.
0: Like I'm just like, why didn't I know this existed? That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, but it's you know, just you... it's just Robert Singer just kind of cashing in on, or, you know, referencing the old show. I guess that's so fun.
1: Yeah, and and Jay Jay Gruska does the music, and he, of course, his music on that show is kick ass. Actually, it's really really good. Uh, so, yeah, check, cool. check out all 15 seasons of Supernatural if you have a chance.
0: <laughs> when you've got a free moment, oh, everybody. Gosh.
1: Well, I'm glad that they
0: were really trying out some of those early concepts here. I, mean, I remember real quick, Supernatural. I remember i watched season one, like the first half of season two, and I was like going through it on Netflix or whatever. And I got to an episode with a racist ghost truck that okay. was basically running people of color off the highway and i'm like there's just one too many levels of this yeah. that i'm like for some reason i'm done like okay. that was the you know like if it's a racist ghost fine ghost truck fine racist ghost truck that like totally threw me off yeah. i couldn't deal with it
1: um i in all seriousness though that i i watched the first 5 seasons of supernatural and there's a perfect mm-hmm. kind of cutoff point in season five where you you can you can step away from the show and you will feel like the story has come to a like a natural conclusion so i would recommend watching the the first uh five seasons i
0: I actually saw that episode that that season five finale because i interviewed the guy who was their prophet who played god oh yeah yeah rob benedict and i was interviewing him and i'm like i should kind of (laughs) know this other thing that he's a part of um, so I've watched some of that, and then he wound up being the big bad for
1: the final season, which blows oh, my mind. That's oh, that's kind of fun. I didn't know Spoilers, that. Spoilers. Yeah. yeah <laughs> yes. I, pro- I like I, I, as much as I say I might go back to it, I, I probably won't. Fifteen seasons. Well, yeah.
0: I, I guess by season fifteen, they reach back to season five, and they're like, hey, by the way, he is God, and he's pissed. And yes, that's, Like that's the final season. It's cute. That's kind of fun. Anyway, whatever. Uh, yeah, Mimi can't move on until she finds out who killed her and like avenges her death. Uh, we establish that the gangster can't see the ghost, and um, like Drew Carey tells him to fuck off, and she throws a lamp at him, and it's all it's all scary. Uh, and he basically,
1: I think this is where she starts like calling him master for no reason. Yeah. What? Why does he get to be her master? She just sort of says, "Oh, are you my master?" And he says, "Oh yeah, sure." And uh, let's go with that. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Fine. Suddenly she just has to obey everything he does, but. Yeah. Yeah, as you say, it it why does she choose to do this? It never never fully makes sense and she just turns on him later on anyway, so Exactly. But I guess they just need her
0: to kind of be in story wise to be in his corner and be his like lap dog, because so, now he's like, All right, go scare the hell out of the Kents. Mm. Meanwhile the Kents have a nice like robe and reading time on the couch just hanging out, everybody in their big fluffy robe and I'm like, it's a little too formal, but it's also cute. So I'm yeah. into it.
1: Yeah, and, and we got uh, our our, our network-mandated uh, sexy PDA of the episode.
0: Yes, yeah. We get kisses right before ghosts. Um, like, Lois sees the ghost briefly, and Clark goes to x-ray it, and she's like, I don't think you can x-ray a, g- mm. a g- g- ghost, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, like, the next day, she's she's cooking suddenly, you know? Like, everything's fine, she, yeah. but she's obviously acting super weird, and she's very possessed and she's cooking well and she signed escrow papers and she calls him four eyes and yeah. then the, the the whole escalation of the scene is is so weird to me like it, it i guess they're trying to do a spooky thing but yeah. it's just like for this show i'm like you didn't really establish that she's possessed now so like i was even lost re-watching this after 10 years you know
1: i will say i think terry hatcher's uh scary possessed acting is pretty good and like the, and she's doing
0: her best with what she's got absolutely
1: and, and there are moments where it's like almost frightening like uh, like if i was a five-year-old watching this which which at one point i was like i <laughs> I could when when her voice changes like and it goes oh, stay away from him or whatever like yeah th- that is like somewhat unsettling and and she she plays that well and you know and, and and like there's a lot of evidence in season four that terry hatcher was had had enough so it's good to see that she's still kind of <laughs> you know she's still showing up to work in fairness yeah it's a, yeah i i feel bad for her because
0: i'm like i'm sorry that you have to do this this yeah. week but yeah i i thought that too there's later on too when she's like fully possessed she's kind of doing a good uh kathy kinney impersonation mm. um with the void and it's not an augment it's not her being dubbed it's just terry doing it and it's it's not bad like it's totally fine you know it's yeah impressive.
1: oh that, that's in the the mr freeze's house bit.
0: yes in the mr <laughs> freeze's house the in the frozen Gotham museum of history or whatever it is. Um, but yeah. So after this, like there's a, she was possessed. She like kind of forces the ghost out of her, I guess. Yeah. And as, as Katie, the ghost is leaving Lois, it goes through Clark and he has a moment of like, Oh, that was weird. So like now they're both believing and they're like, well, what the hell does a ghost want with real estate and escrow papers and whatever. And and Lois kind of remembers like, Oh shit. Like, she was murdered here she was murdered in our living room basically
1: i just realized Um, i just realized that this is an episode with a ghost who can possess people and she talks at length about how much she's going to just possess people and live live out her life doing that and it's oh why why did they not possess superman his powers don't work against magic like it's right there do something fun with that
0: no yeah that's a great point is the first time the yeah, that's a story problem. The first time the ghost actually sees Superman is at the end. Yeah. And he doesn't do anything super. He just brings it, whatever. We'll get to it. But yeah, that that is an issue. That's what works so well about the um, the body swap episode.
1: Yeah. I another, That you mentioned. Another pretty good episode. And there's a bit in that where, like, Dean Kane has to be really nasty. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, he's actually kind of threatening in it. Like, I, you know, it's almost kind of Tom Welling evil Red, red Kryptonite Clark vibes. Like. Or Tom Welling in, in Transference as Tom Welling as Lionel
0: Luther, you know, like oh, yeah, it's that yeah. type of that type of performance. Totally, yeah. Wow, what a missed
1: opportunity here. I would have loved to hear Dean Cain's uh, Kathy Kinney impersonation. Oh my God, Matt, we need to do. Uh, we'll have you back on my podcast to do um, a, an episode on all the body swap <laughs> episodes in Superman. Oh, shows.
0: that'd be fun. <laughs> because the, that's such a tired concept, but yeah. when it
1: works, it is undeniable. There's, I. I don't think there's a George Reeves episode. There, There is 100% a Superboy episode where they do a body swap, and he sucks in it. <laughs> great. Um, in
0: Transference, wonderful Smallville episode. The, there the, must be an animated series something.
1: Yeah, I mean, surely Justice League or one of those ones must have had something. I'm just thinking of the, the one
0: where they swapped the two Lex Luthers where Lex and Flash... Oh, that's right. Justice League yeah. Unlimited swap. I, I that, that's it, a yeah. great episode, yeah. but might not make...
1: I don't think Superman's in it. Yeah, probably not. Oof
0: anyway um what did we find out here Uh, something there's so much like this is such a boring plot to go through because they go back and forth between like lois lois and clark's the daily planet and drew carey's apartment and that's pretty much it you know like i i feel it, it feels monotonous going through it but basically you know we're back at drew's place and katie's there and he tells her he wants to build an orphanage and that's mm. why he needs the Kents out. So then she's like, I guess, double down and like into it, you know? Um, Meanwhile, probably best scene in the whole thing, we get to
1: go to the Daily Planet for a second. And we get Perry. Say, yeah, is one, Lane Smith's one scene in the, ep- or, well, does he have another scene? I don't Two, know. maybe? There's
0: another scene at the Daily Planet, but I forget if he's there He yet.
1: He was definitely only, he was only on set one day for, for this episode. <sighs> and, 100%. And he has this awful line, my heart broke from, it was like, ah, oh, it fills my heart with happiness to see my two greatest reporters at work. Like, it's such a kind of, <laughs> every day at the Daily Planet, just, a, just a, a line that isn't even worth saying. Like, he just, uh, oh, I felt so, and then there's that joke where Jimmy comes in, he's like, I got it, I got it, I got it. And he's like, turn on Rye. he's like... <laughs> no. Like, it's a funny joke, but it's like, oh, we're just talking about lunch orders now. Like, give, does anyone uh, still work here? I think it's does the next anyone part. still
0: work? Give him anything to do, please. That that is my note here. Where I'm just like, at every turn here, he was basically denied a rant in yeah. the scene because, like, he should be pissed as fuck at them. Yeah, Clark is supposed to be doing a smuggling microchips out of the country story. Lois is supposed to be on the Morton bribery case but he's looking you know clark is looking up murders from 10 years ago and lois is reading how to raise the dead because she quote gets tired of novels and i'm like this is where perry should turn red you know like he should be losing his fucking mind right now and they don't let him do it sorry i have the loudest cat in the world right now if anybody oh, <laughs> i can't hear you you're fine oh he's just crying in the corner for no he just wants attention um anyway like did you did you feel that too? Like I feel like yeah. they they like basically muzzled or, or neutered Perry here. Like he should be losing his mind.
1: It's almost like we we only we only exist to serve their storylines in some sort of TV <laughs> it's, it's show. Totally, totally that again. Yes. If anyone doesn't remember, Perry actually says those words in season two.
0: <laughs> At, end of season two, right? Their last his last scene in season two i think
1: right such it's such a sadness like they deborah joy levine clearly had you know big plans for perry and they gave him such great stuff to do in season one and they just flush him down the toilet for the rest of the series after that yep
0: (laughs) him and jimmy really never really get something good to do
1: at least jimmy gets like one episode a season of essentially you know you need to uh, you need to do a whole special episode on that movie that Michael Landis made with Lane Smith from the late nineties because I bought that recently and it's the weirdest thing. But it makes up for all the nothing that Perry had to do and like he has a lot to do in that movie. Oh, really cool. I want to see that and I want to see the terrible
0: looking sci-fi movie with dean and justin whalen oh yes big time for the cause and also called something else i think oh uh... nicely oh it's a live die repeat situation
1: yeah it's got two titles like there's one title on the cover of the dvd and then there's another title on imdb it's (laughs) it's the shittiest thing dean kane drops some f-bombs in that movie (laughs) which is it's pretty crazy um i i still I that
0: audio over superman footage you know
1: i i, I own that film on dvd and i still haven't brought myself to watch it because it just looks so <laughs> bad <laughs>
0: um, yeah that's suddenly a must i didn't know it was that bad you know you know what maybe it's so good they gave it two whole titles it deserved it yeah, yeah.
1: could be could be and the guy um, the guy who played terry silver in karate kid 3 is uh is is in it as well thomas ian griffith so can't okay. be that bad
0: Re- real collection of stars huh <laughs> yeah interesting um meanwhile at the brownstone again like we're just back and forth through these three sets um but lois is like using a ouija board and this weird little planchette and and trying to contact katie and it it works very well yeah like they the again they, they like you were saying the ghost rules in this episode are so weird it reminds me of um I just recently saw the Beetlejuice musical and oh, yeah. rewatched the movie, and and the movie's you know classic for many reasons, but re- like really the ghost rules in that movie don't make any fucking yeah. sense to me. Fascinating. And this is. is kind of the same thing where it's just like she, at a certain point she's just like kind of back to life, like she's there, she can touch stuff, mm. you know, like it's really it's really weird. I don't know. Did you did you bump into any of that, or were you just like it's Lois and Clark, whatever?
1: It's it's Lois and Clark, whatever. I I think um. I I we're 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 heavy into the Eugenie Lemming is that her name and Brad Bookner here. Yes. and I think yes. one of your other guests made a point on an episode that their strong suit was not like fantasy or science fiction at all and they really struggle with a lot of those things in in these episodes like where things just sort of don't make sense because they're written by people who don't really know what they're doing in the, in these genres. Yeah, I agree with you. Where it's just like
0: even you know we talked about the season premiere mm. and it's like they they're trying there like that is yeah. all their might to try and do something crazy mm. and it's still like a little like high fantasy they don't really know how to do the sci-fi angle of stuff no. um i think maybe their best example of that is the tempest stuff later in the season where it is, it is very high fantasy but it also it gets to focus on the lois and clark side of things we get the other clark back and like what is that relationship dynamic so like they they do a nice job of um I guess, navigating it there.
1: Yeah, that's a strong episode because uh, they do lots of cool future stuff and Tempest brings a futuristic weapon back in time and mm-hmm. someone gets erased from existence, which is actually kind of a, an out there sci-fi time travel concept that you wouldn't expect these guys to think up. So yeah, <laughs> <Totally>. I guess <laughs> exception that proves the rule, yeah.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, anyway, what's important in this scene? Um,
1: There's, a cheese shop. Like... There's a cheese shop underneath the, their house. Did you notice that? No, I didn't notice that. that, that that's under how, the brownstone? Under the brownstone, there's a cheese shop. And it's 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 a shop with a two Ps and an E. Uh I, I was obviously wow. I was so bored watching this episode that I noticed that there's a cheese shop. And my mind You didn't say it was a fancy cheese shop. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a cheese shop. <laughs> a and, and uh my my mind just immediately went to, well, if he's Superman and you know his senses are heightened, he's just smelling that cheese all the time. <laughs> oh god, poor guy. Ugh. <laughs>
0: no i never noticed that. i'm going to immediately go back well that makes sense because you know katie used to do cooking lessons out of the apartment mm. so maybe she, you know a lot of fondue <laughs> you don't have to cook fondue do never mind <laughs> a lot of french onion soup you know
1: lovely i'm i'm, I'm not yeah, a big great. cheese eater so my, my girlfriend really? loves cheese and crackers I it's just not yeah never land never landed on that planet i don't know why fair enough all right i mean yeah you know, men with superman podcast can't judge <laughs> um <laughs>
0: I do like the one line here from Katie where she's talking about how terrible her life was, and like she was kind of, she wasn't like um, abused physically by her husband, but clearly like mentally, yeah, you know, emotionally abused by him. And Lois is like, life was that tough? And she's like, well, I was beaten to death with a blunt instrument. So in that sense, yeah, you know? <laughs> it's like that's that's good Lois and Clark stuff for me. Where I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, and, and but like, we find out. In, cor- sorry, cor- go ahead. Yeah, no, just across the board, I think she's actually really strong in this episode, this actress. Um, I've forgotten her name already. Mimi. Um, Kathy, Kathy Kinney, Mimi, Mimi, yeah. Yeah, like your heart does break for her a little bit when she's describing how, you know, like her husband never looked at her that way, like once in their entire marriage. And she she never knew what it was like to, to be looked at in that way. Like, you know, you, you mm-hmm. do kind of, I don't know, you wanted to reach in and give her a little hug, like as, mediocre as the episode is, <laughs> I was kind of like, yeah, she's, she's doing something.
0: I do like that angle of like, the ghost isn't the bad guy. Yeah. You know, like it's not like this vengeful spirit or whatever. It's this manipulated spirit and that type of like that. There's something interesting there. It's just um doesn't really deliver throughout the whole thing. But you're right. Like it, it, you do feel bad for her. You do find out here though, like she's only been dead 10 years 10 and the years, way she was yeah. dressed and they're talking about organized crime, and I'm like, I'm, I was thinking this is like the 40s or 50s that she mm. died or something like that. But no, it's it's pretty recent, I, I guess, so that we can do the confession at the end.
1: And even the newspaper that Clark finds, like it, it feels like a newspaper from like the 50s or something. It doesn't, it doesn't look exactly. Like, you would you would picture a newspaper from the 80s not looking that different, and it does look different. So it's like I don't know, yeah, weird choice.
0: Whatever. Yeah, that that was interesting. Um, but she goes back and checks in with True Carey. Who's like I found your killer and she has, or he has her go kill, um, minks with
1: with floating garden tools, basically, oh, yeah. which is bizarre. Now, I want I wanted to ask you because the, the, this is kind of a the, 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 this whole street. There's there's lots of different kind of storefronts and stuff. And is mm-hmm. is this on the Warner Brothers lot?
0: Yes. Yeah. It, this show after season one, I don't think. Except for when they're in, like, Griffith Park ever really left the Warner Brothers lot. So, yeah, okay. this is all Warner Brothers lot. There's two main areas. There's, like, the kind of New York um, Midtown area. That's where the Daily Planet is. Mm. And then there's, like, a Greenwich Villagey area. That's where the One Alley is. And that's where a lot of... Like, that's where the Mystic Store was in this. Okay. Uh, and I think that's where that, like, garden supply shop yeah. is and th- th- There's, like,
1: an antique shop in the background. I was like, that. that's a strange thing to have in the in this fake kind of you, yeah. you know uh shopping village like why an antique shop i i don't know i i, I, I just thought that there was a lot of detail put into this it was like are we still on a set or is this maybe this is real No, yeah no it's, it's, it's definitely
0: still a set and it, the weird thing is too like it's not like those those kind of storefronts are set up and standing there like okay. anytime you see a show Or stuff on the show that has like stored fronts at the back. That is them putting on decals and dressing the windows and whatnot for those days. So like someone decided, like, what the fuck do we do here? I guess antique store, you know, and that's that that was a Lois and Clark decision. So good for them. Good for them. Pulse pounding stuff. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um But after after she kills him, she goes back to Drew Carey's place, finds him like running away. And then she decides, like, oh, so you're full of shit. Like, well, fuck this. I'm going to stay here and not pass on to the other side. I'm going to possess Lois Lane and torture the hell out of you, and I'm going to have a great life. And that's that's the plan now, right? Yeah. Um, so we get our second Daily Planet scene, and I'm looking through my notes. I don't think Perry was in this. Lane Smith worked for just that that early morning <laughs> or whatever. Sayonara. I'm going to the golf course. <laughs> yeah, really. Total shame. Um, I do love they're, – they're doing um, – research and finding out how katie died and whatnot and jimmy comes up with like i got killed tonight ask me how <laughs> i'm like that's so like that that's fun like there's something yeah. fun to that uh but i guess there were witnesses to the flying lawn tools that that killed a mobster who was the trigger man for the quote most powerful crime family in the city and i'm like just just name them you know like yeah. do a comic book reference do anything just like weird that we didn't name them you know I th-
1: i think i said this in um in our it, w- 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 the episode we did on on my show about um, time travel in Superman stories, mm-hmm. I, I I just think the mob and the mafia the, the, there isn't really a place for them in Superman stories, and it's weird that we keep going back to them in in both the George Reeves show and the later sort of seasons of this show. Like w- w- yeah. w- when when I'm when I'm watching Superman. I want to see evil capitalists being taken down by journalism, and I want to see crazy supervillains. I don't want to see the mob. Like Batman deals with the mob. That's it's like that's fair. They they do they don't feel like the, the only mobsters sh- Superman should be facing are clones of al capone and (laughs) whatever the fuck that episode was bunny and and clyde yeah and and maybe they've got super strength too so they can punch him i don't know that those are the only mobsters i want to see on superman like or or intergang. first of all i like your rewrite on that episode let's do that Um, That, that, intergang those are like intergang is who superman like this crazy specter organization that you know has criminals all over the world they're the mobsters in that the-
0: also has alien new gods technology yes. like you know in the comic like that yeah. makes sense to me like that's super fun mm. but we never we never do that here yeah I, I mean like yeah you know as well as i rob that that uh gangsters were built into the early fabric of the superman stories but like that's because they were inventing a genre and that was the evils of the time where things like that or corrupt landlords or whatever yeah. so like I, I totally hear you like not to go against the history of it is there so i guess there's a precedent for it but you're absolutely right where it's just like this feels too small scale for you shouldn't you be doing something bigger
1: yeah and right? and, and, and yeah and, and i mean going back to your point about the golden age like in those stories yeah yeah there's there's mobsters here and there but it is mainly like oh, you know, here's a guy who runs a chain gang or, or like, right. Here, here's a guy who beats his wife and now Superman's going to beat him up and, or, like, here's a crooked slum o- owner and Superman has to right. destroy the slum so that the government builds back cheaper housing and, like, those are crazy liberal stories. Like, you know, mm-hmm. people give out about politics and comics now. Like, they're... They were very, very political. Those Jerry Siegel. Why of. they existed? Yeah, exactly. Um, so give me more of that. Like I, I, I don't want to watch Mink Mahoney. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing as well, like Mink Mahoney. That means he's Irish, right? Mahoney. I, I, you would tell me, but that would be my assumption. Yeah. That this is an Italian mobster. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. No. And it all, everything about it feels Italian mob. But you're right. I I know I know that like famously that there were kind of Italian Irish. Uh, mobsters and stuff so maybe that's what they're doing and that's the whole thing in goodfellas is that they can't be made men because they have some irish blood or something like that so Mm -hmm. maybe maybe that's the idea here but i i I just i my my brain immediately went hang on like could they not have given them like an italian sounding name totally with you i wouldn't have picked up on that but you're absolutely right we are just picking Uh, every single (laughs) niche (laughs) <laughs> yeah, weird that you caught the Irish thing that's weird in
0: this episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, How but meanwhile, however, could none I do this that? matters, because yeah. there's ghost wind in the Daily Planet. And, <laughs> and um, they figured out the insurance scheme, basically. There's ghost wind. Herbie calls Clark and is like, someone has to stop the ghost. She wants to bond with your wife, if you know what I mean. And Clark turns around and Lois is gone. And this is where we enter the Mr. Freeze House of Horrors that is now the brownstone of Lois and Clark, where... They've got the fakest ice everywhere. Like, I didn't get why... Is that just because, like, Exorcist and it's cold? Like, why did they go with this frozen look? Like, where does that come from?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that is a thing in, in, in exorcism stories. And, uh, like, it, it's usually the room is very cold. And it's, like, one of the right. early... Like, y- you'll see when people walk... I think it's in Supernatural as well. Like, when they walk into a room and someone, like, you know, breeds. And then the... the, 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 the um, what am I trying the to say? The, the condensation of their breath is visible. Like it's a, like an early indicator that like it's a spooky place. Of so, oh like, shit, yeah. But but yeah, like they went to an awful lot of trouble to like Mister Freeze the whole house. Like there's it a, just looks like shit. The, the, sta- so the staircase is like covered in in ice and uh, <laughs> what what is it? Is there a couch covered in ice as well? Probably. I mean, like everything
0: is. There's like frost everywhere and fake snow and and like big plastic icicles. I think the only thing that's not covered in ice is the chair that she's floating in, basically. Yeah,
1: and and there's a big blue light, kind of, the The room is lit very, very blue, so it just...
0: Yeah, but also so bright, like, there's nothing scary here at all, you know? Like, not that I'm looking for this show for, like, frights and fears and whatever, but I'm just like, if that's what you're going for, lean into it for the episode. Yeah. The, 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 the Irish Eyes Are Killing episode is freakier than this.
1: Oh, Matt, why do you have to bring that up? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I picked a scab,
0: everybody That's I, on me.
1: That episode, man, fuck. Like that I I, I like I, the, there's a bit in that where they talk about, you know, the the Romans left such and such a thing when they, you know, when they, the I I think it's like the, the jewels or whatever that the guy has yes. were left by the Romans in Ireland. Newsflash, everybody, the Romans never invaded Ireland. So that whole <laughs> thing doesn't work at all. And that guy, mother of God, like one of, one of my one of my bog bears is American actors getting cast as both Irish characters or English characters. There are so mm. many Irish actors working in LA right now. Like I know people over there. Like give them those roles. Like they can do yeah. the accent perfectly because they're from the place. Like why? So do, it's not that know? guy's
0: like breathy Irish
1: accent. I'm not even going to attempt it, especially oh, if you on the line. The but, ancient yeah, stones will be mine. <laughs> <laughs> Superman will be destroyed. I, I, I'm. Uh, th- my accent is too good. I can't. I can't do it because anyway, it's. Welfare. Yeah. Tell me
0: about the druids. Tell me more. What
1: was the, the... druid curse, <laughs> Lois? It's so great to um, see you
0: again. Your performance is better than anything in this episode. I gotta be honest with you. Um. Anyway, like big finale, whatever. But like nothing happens. Like Superman comes in and like threatens the ghost tells her to leave Lois. she does and then all he did was he found the woman who killed her who was secretly having an affair with her husband or whatever mm. and like this woman just comes in and it's just like i'm sorry katie i did it and katie leaves lois's body and like says a nice farewell and passes on and then I guess Superman has to super thaw the apartment like that's just kind of the whole thing here's
1: here's my question here right so the 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 idea is that if uh Drew Carey doesn't help Superman to stop um the ghost that she will haunt him for the rest of his days or whatever right right why doesn't he skip town why does he agree to have Superman here? Well, like, how is she going to find Great. him? Like, is is that a ghost power too? Just ghost GPS? Like, Drew, Car- Drew, Drew Carey tracking abilities? <laughs> like, you would think that. Skip ten. Show any other powers like that, you know? Like, this guy is a con man. Like, surely that would be his first instinct is just get out of Dodge. Like, I don't know. Yeah, because theoretically she followed him from Lowe's and Clark's to his
0: apartment. And that's the only yeah. reason that she knows where he is now. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He's just such a good guy. Yeah. As we learn in this next scene, like he, he's loving prison. He feels very safe there. Oh just gosh. like Lila is deliriously happy to have this murder off her conscience. They're both gonna rot and die in prison, but they're both deliriously
1: happy. Well, that's Fuck the other everything. thing. Did Drew like that, that was my other thought? Like, again, my mind was just trying to find any nook and cranny it could go down with this episode because it was so <laughs> crap, but. Like did he get sent to a maximum security penitentiary or did he get to go to one of those cushy minimum security places where you know and like what what is his actual crime here he did he did a couple of confidence he, games I mean that I, I think
0: it's that he he kind of forced a woman to commit suicide like
1: maybe you can lay something on him for that did did did, did he I wish Alan was here to tell us if that was legal. Oh I I don't I don't know the, the old lady jumped out at the start of the episode but that's, you know mm. Yeah, because, of, because of his spookiness, you know? Yeah. it am fine with feel him like going some, away. It doesn't feel like something you'd get imprisoned for life, though. It feels like something... Oh, you know, that's fair. Maybe he goes away, he does two years in minimum security, and then, then he does like a year as house arrest or something like that. It doesn't feel right. like... He gets sentenced for six, but he really only serves like one and a half, and then probation. And yeah. like, th- th- this is no Larry Smiley we're talking about
0: here. <laughs> that... Nut job, you're absolutely right. God, I've, I've that man deserves the chair. Ger- yep, <laughs> like, absolutely.
1: Like literally in the history of this show, Larry Smiley, the guy with the weather machine, who nearly, mm-hmm. he nearly brought about the end of the human race. Mm-hmm. Like he's a more dastardly villain than anyone else on this show, including his actual like evil General Zod equivalent in this show, who comes to Earth to invade. Yes. Like that guy is more evil does
0: not do as well and between the two of them success rate wise is the guy from um uh the people versus lois lane who starts the like evil kryptonite reign
1: which i'm pretty sure kills some people so it's just like i was looking for an excuse to bring this up and you've just given it to me matt um that actor (laughs) is in a movie called showgirls and he has a very significant role in it. And the whole time I watched it in a in a in a cinema a couple of weeks ago, Showgirls, and it was such a good night. Everyone was hooting and hollering for the whole thing, it's, like, a, like a
0: fun screening
1: type of thing. Uh, yeah, oh, I didn't
0: recognize him. And yeah,
1: exactly. Like, and you know, famously, Showgirls is is either a terrible movie or a secret masterpiece that is designed to be that way. No one's quite sure. But like, Who's it, say? Yeah, yeah. he is so good in that movie. Like, he's basically playing his losing <laughs> Clark character. <laughs> And he's just throwing around these, you know, disgusting lines and telling Elizabeth Berkeley to take all her clothes off and it's it's incredible. Like definitely <laughs> <It's great. laughs> watch the Lois and Clark episode and then watch Showgirls. I'd hardly recommend that. Oh fun.
0: All right. Well that yeah, nobody rewatch this episode. Do those no, two. No, don't, don't. <laughs> um but yeah, I just love this idea that like both these people that are now away for life are very happy and and lucky enough. Katie left a little something
1: behind for Lois because she can cook now, Rob. Yeah. Me and my girlfriend do this thing where like when we're watching a show and an easy resolution to something comes up, we do this thing. It, this is crap on a podcast, but we, we slap our hands together like this. You know, it's kind of like a running joke we have where, you know, if, if a character is is about to leave a show or like an all's when all's well that ends well type thing we'll just do this and and that was my immediate reaction when i saw lois cooking at the end of the episode like she's just magically able to cook now
0: okay fine done she's magically able to cook everyone's super happy being away for forever um the only like on lois or on model thing that they do in the end of the episode is um her line of like you know, she makes the fir- perfect eggs or whatever for Clark, and then she's like, Well, it's kinda like Everest. Once you do it, you think, Why would I ever do that again? I'm like, Yeah, okay, fine, whatever. Then why the fuck did we do this episode to begin with?
1: But did Lois Lane actually climb climb Everest? Where I, I was I was when I heard her say that, I was like, Is that them saying that Lois Lane has climbed Everest? Or is she just kind of saying that like a you know, like a saying that people say? You know that kind of way? I, I'm thinking I f- took it as a saying if you
0: can justify it, I'm fine with head that she climbed Everest once. But part of me is like, well, what's the story on Everest? You know, what got she her out there? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm fine either way. Let me let me know if you come up with something. I'll I'll be watching the the Facebook group.
1: It's like a crooked tour guide or something. <laughs> at the top of head. yeah,
0: totally. There were the people from Metropolis aren't coming back from Everest, and they all use the same Sherpa. So we'll go and figure it out. And. It was before Superman, and she got to the summit, and she thought, "This is the highest, you know, I'll ever be in life." And then, then she started flying. Ah, there's the See? episode. We've just written an episode. <laughs> Much better episode. There you go. And with that, <laughs> Rob, can I ask you some questions? Certainly. I think they're going to be pretty
1: easy. Um, was this a good episode for one Miss Lois Lane? Insofar as she had uh, interesting stuff to do. I'm not saying the episode is good. I yeah maybe yeah mm. no oh sorry she sorry pl- she, she's a lot to play with sorry no this is specifically a bad episode for Lois for the, all the reasons we, I was gonna
0: say this is this is not Terry this yeah. is Lois yeah yeah
1: yeah Lois in in terms of the whole cooking thing and her being traumatized by it like that that is not good no yeah bad episode for Lois yeah
0: good episode for Terry Hatcher I, I agree and she really does nothing except like hit herself in the head in the one scene to get the ghost out of her you know like mm. it's just
1: There's nothing there. Was it a good episode for Clark Kent? Uh, No, no. Uh, He comes across as a complete dope in this episode. And uh, there's this bit where, you know, Drew Carey is like shouting on the phone. He's like, you oh, the ghost is going to take over your wife. Is she there beside you? And Clark goes, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah. And and he just seems so non-blast. The, the the only thing I liked about Clark in this episode was, um, you can see his Ebel watch quite uh, quite a oh, few times. Look at you, Clark. Clark uh, famously has it. Well, famously, Clark has a different wrist watch in season four to the earlier seasons, um, and I don't particularly like the watch he has in season four. But it's interesting that you can see it, and I think that they might have had a product placement deal with Ebel because I think Lois wears an Ebel watch as well. This is the most boring... Interesting. I was
0: going to ask, why did it change, do you think?
1: Uh, this is the most boring trivia ever. <laughs> no, this is the shit...
0: This is why we're here. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to talk about the Daily Planet when the letterhead changes, and you tell me about the watches. Um, What's the best
1: watch? The best watch, I think, is... Uh, so... Right, a brief history of Clark Kent's watches. In season one, which was a lot more <laughs> like the aesthetic of season one is a lot more kind of throwback and it feels very nineteen forties and he, yeah, he kinda of has, has this it's like, timeless. Yeah, and he, he kinda of has this very classy kind of rectangular cocktail watch on a leather strap. It's really, really nice. Have no idea what kind of watch it is because it's impossible mm. to get the right shot where it's zoomed in. In season two, he switches to a dive watch, which I suspect mm actually belonged to dean Kane because if you look at photos of dean Kane from around that time and a lot of kind of press photos he did for the show but then also like shots of him at premieres and stuff, he is often wearing that watch like so i think mm. he actually owns such one. a pleasure to know you rob <laughs> <laughs> but then in season four uh he wears this Ebel watch um and you see it specifically like there there are actual shots where they zoom in on the watch when he's looking at the time and stuff so i suspect that it was an actual active product placement thing yeah um ebel also famously um in miami vice don johnson in the first season wore a rolex uh, uh date just i think and it's like one of the coolest watches ever but then they had a product placement deal in season 2 onwards where he wears this awful awful looking ebel <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I already, I already kind of were against Ebel, and then they showed up in Lawson Clark as well. So there we go. Brief history. They were Clark making their watches. money. Nobody yeah. was
0: buying them, but they were making their money. There I guess in back of the day. Um, would the Ebel have been a more expensive watch than the earlier ones? You think?
1: See, I don't know because I can't tell what the earlier ones were. I suspect the dive sure. watch okay. might have been an Omega, which would be. Oh, like, even back then, it would have been quite expensive. So I, I think they'd yeah. probably be in and around the same price, uh, I want to okay. say. I guess, like, I've never heard
0: of ebel before. So it was like, what, like, are we at Omega um, Rolex level or is it a little... Well, a little, it's yeah. definitely
1: not at Rolex level. It would be significantly cheaper than a Rolex, but it would be kind of around the same price, I think, as a, as an Omega. So it'd be kind of like, you know, eight or nine or, you know, five or six. But back then, maybe three or four grand kind of is what we're okay. talking back then. Yeah, shit.
0: So significantly more than my Superman watch that has Lois, Clark, and Superman on the, <laughs> on the face. Is that what you're saying? Yes, but not
1: in sentimental well, value. No, that's
0: very true. It doesn't have an inscription on the back from Lois Lane. so, Aww, there's that. that's so um, Anyway, let's go for the hat trick here. I'll go first. Was it a good episode for Superman? Superman didn't do shit in this episode. It was nice to see him in costume from time to time, mm. but he didn't do super anything.
1: Do you agree sir? Do uh, you dis- feel free to disagree. <laughs> I, I I I do mostly agree. Like I one of the biggest problems I have with any Superman show is is this a job for Superman? And yes. th- th- with this particular episode the answer is no. Everything Superman does could probably have been uh done by a powerless Clark Kent, which is yep. which is never great. The only thing I will say is that final scene where he's explaining everything that that like that he's figured out the plot—he figured out who murdered uh, Mimi when she was alive, and he brings Trucarri in. It does feel like a very Superman-ish moment, like he's you know very powerful, very confident, lots of leadership vibes, and totally. You know, it felt like something that you know, okay, we need Superman for this because Superman needs to deliver this. That's the only good Superman moment in the episode. The rest of it was all shite. <laughs>
0: that that is totally fair. Whereas you're right that it's not like he's off model. It's yeah. just like. You you could be doing anything else. Like, you're absolutely right. Like, and it would have been fine if he was if he was Clark Kent in the scene. It still would have worked fine.
1: I forgot to bring this up earlier on. It was when Lois is explaining to Superman what just happened, and he doesn't believe her because he thinks that she's yeah. traumatized about her not being able to cook. The that about that London Braille, that is yeah. that is awful, 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 yep. awful. And sucks. I I fucking hate it in these shows in the eighties and nineties kind of procedural shows. It happens on Star Trek all the fucking time where something will happen to a character and nobody else will believe that character that this thing is happening to them. And it's like, watch your own show. (laughs) These things happen every week. You need to believe this person. If they say they've been abducted by a ghost, they've been abducted by a ghost. You know, you need to take this completely seriously and don't doubt them for a second. Yep. You Especially know? in the show when they do
0: call out that type of thing sometimes. Yeah. Where it's just like, sure, that's what's happening. All right. Catch me up. You know, like that type of vibe yeah. has, has happened many times in the show. And it makes much more sense than what, you're, than what you're saying, where they just kind of ignore it. Yeah. Um, Our final question. This is going to be tough, too. I have to think about it. What was your favorite Lois and Clark
1: moment in the episode? Hmm. Favourite Lois and Clark. There's not a lot. Um, There's not
0: much to go on, no.
1: uh, I remember kind of... You know what, actually? The bit where Lois is possessed and she serves up Clark's breakfast. No. No, that's not good either. (laughs) I I I can't think of a single moment that I liked.
0: I guess for me... I almost just want to do an aesthetic choice where I'm just like they're just they're just home in their robes reading at mm. night, you know, like that's yeah. kind of cute to me. It's a bummer she's reading like the joy of cooking or whatever the fuck she's reading, like you know the, mm. the cookbook. But uh, just show me those two characters on a couch and I'm happy. Like those are my favorite. They're yep. few and far between right now, but yep. those are my favorite scenes of Superman and Lois right now too, where it's just like. Just let them kind of have those moments to connect as a couple. Yeah. And that is how bottom of the barrel we're going here. We're just, just the image of them is my favorite part. Yeah, Yeah. Give us
1: something completely like, you know, away from the episode. Like one of my favorite moments in the entire show is in All Shook Up. At the very start of the episode, we have that lovely pan down. uh, We see the Daily Planet. We pan down to Lois and Clark beside the coffee vendor. And they walk up, and Lois orders, "Your man, the the guy who plays the coffee guy is is great. Like he's this is only seen in the show, and he's excellent. He's like, oh, short, non-fat, no foam, you know, decaf latte. Yep. And he hands it to Lois, and then he goes to Clark, and he goes, you know, large, full fat, extra whip, extra sugar with sprinkles or whatever. And and Lois, Lois has that bit where she's like." Oh, life is long. Or no, Clark is like, uh, life is short, Lois. Order what you want. And she's like, life is long, Clark, and you are what you eat. It's such a good little moment. <laughs> and it has perfect. nothing to do with the rest of the episode. They should have had a little cute
0: bit like that in this. Yep. Oh, totally. I forgot how good that is. But I, I, I love that scene, too. Yep. We're pretty devoid. But, dude, <laughs> thank you so much for coming and joining on this episode. Like, I needed someone who had Superman knowledge <laughs> and could make fun of the show with me. So, thank you so much. I... I I hope this wasn't a sentence to you. It, I knew it would be a fun recording with you, frankly.
1: I honestly, I find it more interesting to talk about these really boring, shitty episodes than I do. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's 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 really, really easy to. I, I, I and I say this to Alan as well. Like, even on our show, like it's it's so easy to just do a review of Superman the movie, and everyone's just talking about how great it is. But th- like, there's right. there's millions of those. Like, there's so many podcasts that have already done that. I, I'm much more interested in these obscure, weird kind of footnotes in Superman's history that nobody talks about. And, you know, Drew Carey, what? what? Why Why is Drew right. Carey in this Superman?
0: Like, to me, that's obscure much more fo- interesting. So, footnotes, like, you remember that time that Superman faced down Drew Carey and Mimi? Yeah, yeah
1: like, yeah, so I, I was delighted to... And again, this is maybe the third time I've ever watched this episode, and I've seen this show so many times, but for some reason, this one just always... I, I just skip it because I'm just like, <laughs> why would I be bothered watching this? Who could care? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was great. Great fun talking about it. Thank you for having well, me Well,
0: Thank you so much. We've like referenced it a few times, but I, I'm sorry. I'm a shitty host uh, and didn't even call it out in the beginning. But anyone that listens to this should know by now. You were, of course, uh, one of the hosts of All-Star Superfan Podcast. So how are you guys doing there? You guys just dropped... Oh man, this is coming out months from now. I was going to say we dropped a really big episode today, but it'll still be up. What did you drop today? Uh,
1: We had an interview with Mister Jack O'Halloran, who played Non in Superman One and Two. So we did an interview with him. It just came out today. Uh, Very very interesting man. He talked all about. He didn't just talk about Superman. He talked about working on the King Kong uh, remake from 1976. He'd lots of you know uh interesting stories about that and you know he really really honest like he was throwing shade at all these directors <laughs> he'd worked with all these different actors uh, amazing superman stories the best Marlon Brando story i've ever heard and oh, uh, yeah yeah oh i can't wait oh, It was really really funny and and also he kind of has his own pitch for a superman movie he is actively trying to make so i, I, I whether or not that happens i don't know but it was fascinating hearing him talking about it so definitely definitely check that out very cool. What what happens sooner, uh, Lois and Clark season five or the Jack O'Halloran <laughs> Superman movie? I honestly think the Jack O'Halloran <laughs> Superman movie has a better chance. God, it sucks. But like, as much as I would love a Lois and Clark reunion, that there's just too much water under the bridge. There's no it's way they never, could ever make that work. No. We're too
0: far away from it. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, dude, that sounds incredible. Um, and again, you guys, your podcast is killing it. Uh, the guests you tell me about, like I'll, I'll send you pictures of some cool things that I get to see, and then I hear about what you guys are doing, and it's just like it's just a mutual admiration society, and it's it's really awesome. Thank you. so, congratulations, everybody. Please check out All Star Superman, so fo- All Star Superfan Podcast. Fuck, I haven't <laughs> fucked it up in a long time. Alan does that all the time. Super- <laughs> all Star Superman. Oh, hey! cut- I'm cutting that one all-star superfan podcast check it out on itunes wherever you get your podcasts and uh yeah i i'm i'm sure we'll be wink wink hearing from you again before Wee. the end of the season but um but till then rob thank you again thank for you. joining me and for lois and clark i'm matt truax i'm rob o'connor
1: folk off everybody
0: lois and clark the new podcast of superman is a daily knockoff production Please review us on iTunes, follow us on social, and we'll see you in Metropolis.